0: Like a million dollars. Wanna check out that ring? What's up, TMZ? How you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. What's up, man? TMZ Sports. The judges score the contest: 48-46, 48-46, and 47-47 for the winner by
1: majority decision.
0: To TMZ sports where the triumvirate has returned the team of Mojo Mutati, Lucas Whitman, and Edward Lewis starting off strong today, talking about definitely the biggest sporting news of the weekend. We're at UFC 286. Leon Edwards has defeated Kamaru Usman by majority decision to retain the welterweight title. I mean, you heard it, fellas. That crowd was rocking upon that decision. Lucas, how'd you feel about that fight, my friend? Well, once
2: again, Leon Edwards proved everyone wrong. He went into the fight as the underdog, but those leg kicks, this third trilogy fight, uh, it was too much for Kamaru Usman to come out on top and take the belt back from Edwards. But honestly, I feel like this is how it was supposed to go. He, I feel like uh, Edwards won the first round and especially the fifth round. Now the third round was a bit tough because there was a point deduction. Edwards uh, tried to keep from going down by clinging onto the uh, onto the cage, but This was a close fight, but when it's a championship fight, you got to not leave it up to the judges if you want to get that belt, and Usman didn't do that, Edwards is still the champ. So really, everyone's talking about what's going to happen next and and who Edwards is going to fight, and there's one guy that people were looking
1: at after the fight. Yeah, Colby Covington was their ringside or octagon side, and uh, obviously that seems to be the next move. Uh, uh, Colby hasn't fought in a while, and uh, he wants to make his return and make his return for a title fight. But after the fight, after the Usman fight, both Edwards and Dana White seem to be kind of at odds over Colby potentially being the next uh, challenger. Take a listen to this. This is kind of interesting. Obviously, we had Colby Covington cage side. He wants to fight Leon in July. Curious if that's a fight you're
2: interested in, or do you need to see how it plays out?
3: Yeah, I don't know when we'll do it, but yeah, that's the fight that makes sense. And Colby came here, cut weight, you know, and and did everything to to be here for this fight. He deserves the fight. So it's Leon Edwards. Not to mention the fact that he's you know, you know, the second or third best guy in the world. So it is Leon versus Colby next. Yeah. Dana was just
2: up here, and he said it's definitely going to be Colby for you next. Give us your thoughts on that.
3: I don't know how that makes sense, you know. Um, Yeah, the fourth. For over a year and a half um sat out not injured I just don't get how he just slides in for the for the water shot when there's other guys in the division that's been active been fighting didn't sit out um so yeah like I said I'm the king now I've earned my way and also
1: i uh, I feel like I should decide um who's next. So if you're wondering who Leon actually wants, it appears to be actually Jorge Masvidal. He said after the fight that he wants Masvidal. He thinks that's the bigger money fight. Uh, You'll remember those guys have some bad blood. They had a backstage fight in 2019, obviously. Uh, It it turned physical, turned violent. Uh, Leon still clearly wants to settle uh, their differences. Uh, Masvidal has a fight against Gilbert Burns next month. It it seems like if Masvidal wins that, that's the tilt that Leon wants. But Dana made it clear there. They want Covington, Leon. And and I don't think Leon's going to have much of a say from... At least what what Dane is appearing to say to, to media members.
0: Look, y- you know Dane is running a business here, so he's going to have his favorites. He's going to have his favorite trash talkers, promoters, guys that can sell tickets and pay per view buys, which ultimately is what the whole thing's about in the end, right? It's a business first. Uh, but yeah, if you're Leon Edwards, this kind of sucks, right? You went out there, and you had the fight with Usman, and you won. And then to silence all the haters and the doubters that might call it a fluke or an upset or all these things, you run it back, and you win again. You're finally feeling like you're on top of the world, and you can go about your championship reign the way you want to. And then right away, your first one after this, you're having your decision made for you with – no conversation, not even hearing your thoughts on the matter. Literally the night you have the biggest win of your career, it's just thrown in your face as a massive buzzkill. Yeah, he probably saw his career going a different way. He has his own rivalries and scores he wants to settle. So to have this decision made for him, Obviously, not uh, the way a champ wants to be treated. So, I definitely understand his hesitation, his frustration afterwards. Sometimes just the conversation might have been best here, but I guess at the end of the day, Dana runs the show, right? Uh, you know, uh, before they announced our starting lineup at home, I was like, in seven straight, three six I'm like, we cannot be the team that. Up. So, just to get it down and not fall under that Hypnotoads Ginjutsu or whatever
1: it is feels good, man. But they're
0: a hell of a team. Moving right along to Gonzaga star Drew Timmy dropping bombs in the post-game interview. Edward, give us some context
1: here. Look, look, look! I'm, I'm tired of this, guys. After these post games, these crazy games where they have insane moments and NCAA tournament, they gotta be allowed to swear. I mean, you gotta deal with this. If you're a fan that's upset about this, you gotta move on from this. But anyways, Gonzaga and TCU played last night. Huge game. Obviously, a trip to Sweet 16 was on the line. Gonzaga was actually down at half, pretty big too, down by five. Everybody's like, "Well, is this Gonzaga's run end? Uh, what are they gonna do?" Timmy obviously leads the way. They they, they come back from uh, in the second half and put on a show in the really last. Last 10 minutes. Timmy ended up with 28 points, eight boards, three assists. He was great. Gonzaga moves on. You kind of heard it in the soundbite. Uh, Gonzaga has been in the Sweet 16, you know, year after year after year and he, as he said, did not want to be the guy that screwed it up. Uh, afterward, Lucas, he also talked about maybe he had some extra motivation that he had seen online. Tell us about that.
2: He wasn't just saying swear words. He had some choice words for TCU fans because he felt that they were actually, uh, you know, responsible for motivating this Gonzaga team and uh, in, uh, in helping them get to that sweet 16 win because they were saying some things online and he admits, hey, I saw it loud and clear and it helped us on, on Sunday.
0: Well, uh, I saw some nice things on the internet before, uh, you know, t- maybe taking some shots at us, me and our program. So uh, <laughs> throw a lighter fluid in the fire if you wish. I mean, uh, I thought TCU is a high- highly educated school and they... Uh, you know, didn't sound so smart with their uh, comments pregame. So, you know. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Brother is coming in hot with that mustache on his face. My goodness. Edward, buddy, I think I'm going to disagree with you here, sir. I don't know about allowing these expletives after the game, because here's where I'm coming from. Buddy, he just won in the round of 32 to get into the Sweet 16, all right? They didn't get into the Final Four or win the Natty, it's the round of 32, it's the second win in the tournament, and they've been there seven years in a row, and they're a three seed, so let's let's just pump the brakes here. This wasn't some come from behind hey, win, wait. Ed.
1: Mojo, some teams didn't make the Sweet 16, and I believe your school was one of them, and your bracket, Uh, was broken by all this as well, Mo. Tell me about this. (laughs) We we can't downplay this.
0: How dare you, sir? First of all, I am partially glad you brought that up. I said I was going to wear this Maryland jersey until the Terps lost. Well, the women dominated, brother, and they're still in it. So the jersey stays on my body. It's starting to get smelly, but you do what you got to do for your team. Back to the point again, I don't know. Look, this isn't like what we were talking about last week where Conor McGregor slipped an F-bomb, but after he donated a million dollars to charity... If I'm picking between the two and I can only allow one, I'm allowing Conor McGregor to slip this one. But yeah, I don't want to get too carried away here. Families watch this, kids watch this. They are role models, they're setting a precedent. I don't want to get too carried away. Again, round of 32 for me, and not warranted. Triumvirate of Mojo Mutati, Lucas Whitman, and Edward Lewis. You just saw it, folks. A Taylor Swift concert, but uh, an attendee that maybe you wouldn't have guessed.
1: Edward, who was there, my man? Uh, well, none other than J.J. J. Watt himself. Uh, so the Eras tour kicked off this weekend. Taylor Swift is back. She's been on hiatus for obviously years. This is her first tour in a long time, and she's killing it. It's 44 songs. It's three and a half hours long. It's a huge spectacle. Well, J.J. Watt, uh, uh, I guess wasn't the biggest Swift fan going into this. He, uh, he kind of admitted that he was going basically for his wife and, and her friends, and he came out of it with almost a completely opposite opinion watch this video it was 44 songs 3 hours and 15 minutes long and she did not stop the whole time there was no intermission there was no halftime there was no tv timeouts she the longest break she took was maybe 3 minutes for a costume change And she was singing, dancing, entertaining the entire time. 70,000 people hanging on every single word and move she was making for three hours and 15 minutes. And she crushed it she didn't even look tired i was tired and i was just sitting there uh i mean and then you got the fans i mean the fans are unbelievable my wife included i mean did not stop jumping up and down screaming singing dancing for three hours and 15 minutes straight knew every single word um
0: i mean it was a spectacle to behold
2: you know when The first time I watched this video, I thought J.J. Watt was gonna say worst experience of my life because he was like <laughs> she, she would not stop 44 songs Three hours, 15 minutes, but then he says she crushed it. He, he couldn't be happier with the experience that he had and that he was really happy that he went. You know, Honestly, I thought J.J. Uh, Watt was more of a Fort Minor guy uh, because uh, you know if you remember watching Hard Knock, right. he, he loves to remember the name. But um, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I, I do not know if three hours of anybody – is really uh, going to be a great experience. I mean, I was talking to Ed about this earlier. Like, I'm a huge Justin Bieber fan, but three hours is a bit much. That's a bit excessive and and you know, kind of draining by the end of it. But shout out to to Taylor Swift. Apparently, she has a really good show. And and if you have JJ Watt as a fan, then I guess that speaks volumes.
0: Yeah, to your point, Lucas. First of all, who isn't a Fort Minor and Lincoln Park fan? I know they were a favorite of mine for for years. But I love that you leave it to an athlete. To pick this concert apart from an athletic perspective, (laughs) from an athlete standpoint, I hate to admit that I kind of do the same thing in just unusual circumstances, but we're talking about one of the greatest pure athletes to play any sport ever. JJ Watt is massive for him to be able to run that fast, jump that high. These are numbers and records that should not be broken (laughs) and achieved. And he's found a way to do it. So, of course, when he goes to a concert, he's just enamored by the spectacle of athleticism as opposed to the music itself. And he's got a point here. Performing for three hours and 15 minutes straight with 44 songs, you don't have to be running a 40 or jumping hurdles for that to be exhausting. Take it from a guy who was a wrestler for 10 years, On television, it was never the moves and the body slams and the sprinting to the ring like the ultimate warrior that was exhausting. No, it was the yelling and the screaming. That is what depletes your energy more than anything. And if you're just wailing for three hours and 15 minutes with maybe a 100,000 fans watching your every movement. Dude, that is definitely something that is absolutely commendable. So, hey, if J.J. Watson press, we all might have to head to a Taylor Swift concert. Uh, it might not be embarrassing to admit in the locker room anymore. It was a spectacle to behold. Coming up next on TMZ Sports, photos of Shaquille O'Neal have emerged with him in a hospital bed. Is he okay? Find out next on TMZ Sports.
3: Welcome
0: back to TMZ Sports, the triumvirate, Mojo Mutati, Lucas Woodman, and Edward Lewis in the house. Fellas, photos of Shaquille O'Neal
1: have emerged of him in a hospital bed. Edward, reason for concern? Yeah, it was super scary. On Sunday, he tweeted out a photo of himself in a hospital bed and didn't say why. Uh, And everybody was like, is Shaq okay? What's going on here? Look at this photo. It seems intense. There's IVs in his arm. There's wires. There's things on him. He's big. He's in a hospital bed. But... Uh, no need to panic. Uh, we spoke to a source close to Shaq who told us today that it was simply a hip procedure that he had been having planned. Uh, it, it was a nagging injury that's obviously, you know, he's had years of uh, being a huge NBA legend, big-time athlete, and it's it's uh, it's it's lingered through the years, and this was just the weekend he had to get it taken care of. Uh, we're told he's already on the mend. Uh, he's already feeling better. Uh, he should be up and walking in no time. Now, as for a time frame for his return to television, his NBA on TNT role, we were told there's nothing set in stone yet, but Lucas on his podcast earlier this month, uh, he did kind of hint at maybe having some sort of date in mind.
2: So the date that he had was uh, April 16th, which would make a lot of sense because, you know, they're going to need him when uh, playoff time comes around in the NBA uh, because that That group of guys on that desk, uh, there's nothing better. But it's not just getting back to TV that Shaq is excited about. He's talking about actually getting back into shape because he used to be one of the most athletic people in the world. He wants to get an eight-pack. He wants to go on a diet. He said, this is an opportunity for me to get back to who I used to be and and actually be Shaq again. So let's see what he can do.
1: April 16th, I'm going in. Where where are you going? Is that when you're back from the surgery, you
3: think? April 16th?
1: Well, I hope. Don't say I think. From the BBL? (laughs) I get You going to Brazil to get a BBL, then you'll be back April sixteenth. Yeah, I'll be back April sixteenth, then I'm going in. Would you like to hear my diet? (laughs) I'm going on a fifty one diet. What's that? No fifty one means? Five meals, one meal. Ready? Oh, okay. Shake for breakfast. Mm Mhm. Fruit plate second meal. Meal number three, four chicken breasts and some ketchup. And
3: and some ketchup? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, just like four, like I slice them up, dip them in the
0: ketchup. Dip them in the ketchup. It required an explanation, I suppose. Look, man, when you're nine foot four, five hundred <laughs> pounds, eventually you're gonna need to get your hips cleared out. It doesn't have to be because of a single isolated trauma. It's more of a repeating, repetitive, nagging injury, and eventually you got to get it done. I'm not as old as Shaq. I've already had those surgeries done. You can see my nice little shoulder scars here. This is what happens when you live the life of an athlete. A lot of wear and tear. Uh, just need to get it cleaned out to get back in the game. Good points brought up by the triumvirate earlier. They're going to need him soon. So it's it's good that he's getting this thing done as soon as possible uh, with these cleanouts. Typically, recovery isn't too extensive, but uh, glad to see that there was no need for panic when these photos first emerged. Definitely had some people worried, but good to see it's just a clean out. We'll have Shaq back on his feet in no time and on that desk. The triumvirate baby, Mojo Mutati Lucas Widman and Edward Lewis talking about Diplo and the LA Marathon where he finished. In just under four hours, Lucas, you wrote this one, brother. Give it to us. We're talking about
2: Taylor Swift's endurance. I think Diplo has her beat. I'm sorry. So if you don't remember, last year he did a half marathon with zero training and then proceeded to go to the club afterwards. So he's just one of those freak athletes who can do anything, but he was in the L.A. Marathon over the weekend. There were 22,000 people in the race, and he finished 2013th overall, and he finished with a time of 3 hours, 55 minutes, and 16 seconds. Now, Diplo said before uh, he did the race that he wanted to be Oprah when she was in the marathon in 1994 and he crushed it. He beat her by about
1: 35 minutes and it was not even close. He celebrated after in a pretty unique way too. I mean, this guy is such a stud that following 26 miles in less than four hours, he smoked a cigarette. <laughs> like uh, that's how, like how athletic this guy is that uh, clearly like he hasn't been taking this all that seriously he's still smoking cigs and still running. Uh, he also though did hit some Norma Tech recovery boots. So he, he did at least kind of take care of his body a little bit, but man, what a stud Mojo. I mean, under four hours for a DJ who who like is not a professional runner and you know clearly takes care of himself but man that's that's wild
0: never underestimate the endurance and stamina of a true party rocker my friend (laughs) my best conditioning I ever had between both the NFL and the WWE did not come on a football field or inside a wrestling ring no it was always at the club breaking it down partying dancing my butt off performing that was the best cardio so i'm not too sure that being a dj would work against you here i mean these guys do not stop they are on the go at all times and they got to find ways to stay in shape because when you're drinking and eating and partying like that not great for the body so these guys are pros at it i love that he set an attainable goal here that he went after oprah rather than going and saying I'm going to go out and I'm going to win this thing or I'm going to place in the top 100 or something outlandish like that that you would literally have to commit your life to training in order to accomplish a feat and who knows now he might end up on Oprah to talk about this Uh, now that he more or less called her out is this going to force Oprah back in I don't know
2: and by the way Mojo the guy who won finished in 2 hours and 13 minutes so if Diplo wants to be the best he's got a bit of training to do there
0: Dude, that's insane. That's 444 miles an hour. Uh, better him than me. All right, that'll do it for us today on TMZ Sports. It was fantastic to reunite the triumvirate. It's been quite some time. Lucas and Edward, thank you guys for joining us today. My pleasure. Always. Well, We'll see where we're at tomorrow, if the triumvirate comes back, or if Babe Cock is back in the studio. I guess you're going to have to tune in and find out where it'll be. You know where we're going with this one, fellas. Feel free to jump in. The, the best, best show day since day.
2: today. <laughs>